Hello and welcome to the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. Today on the Drywall Podcast, I'm very excited to announce the third sculpture artist of our three sculpture artists series, Bernie Mitchell out of Buckhorn, Ontario. So if you've been living in a cave or are just completely unaware of who Bernie is, he made a video with Brian Kitchen of Drywall Nation many years ago that ended up going viral. And uh, he found himself in the San Francisco Globe newspaper. So I went up to Sudbury, spent three days. We did uh, we did a sculpture. I had a trout jumping out of the water, and I did a little waterfalls and some hills and trees and whatever. Yeah. And uh, Brian pitched it out, uh, and it began. If it didn't get picked up by uh, the San Francisco Globe newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> they put it out they put it out in their art section and and like just within within a couple of weeks it, it was like two million views okay bernie is totally awesome and we cover a lot of various topics including how his father influenced him his love of word working and color and joint compound techniques the drywall podcast was brought to you today by fresco harmony fresco harmony making walls better since 2004 without further ado bernie mitchell on the 29th podcast of the drywall podcast let's get into it i'm on a job site here I like it. Is there anywhere that's comfortable? I have that bench too. That looks just like my bench. I have one like that that I won in a poker game about twenty years ago. I still use it. <laughs> Those things don't die. Yeah, that's about as long as I've had these two. I got a couple of the triples also, and I like it because you can stack them up. Hey. Eh? Right. Right. Yeah. We have Bernie Mitchell. Bernie, where are you located right now? Um. Just north of Peterborough, Ontario. So we're about an hour and a half for an hour and 45 minutes uh, northeast of Toronto. How are you doing today? Good. Can you hear me okay? I can. I can hear you really well. <laughs> There's a bunch of awesome drywall art people out there. Drywall art's kind of a, it's kind of a blanket statement. I mean, you're more of a sculpture artist, uh, you know, um, do, do you have formal background as an artist? I don't. Uh, you don't. But not unlike you, I I was painting, you know, when I was in my teens, painting okay. pictures. And, uh, and I got into the leather work uh, through my father. And uh, so I was doing a lot of relief carvings. Okay. I was doing and belts and... That sort of thing, right? And that went into doing pictorial carvings, and I did a few of them. So on larger pieces of leather, you know, 24 by 20. Okay. Where you do a full image, uh, you know, uh, full scene pictures on them, right? Neat. Your dad was a leather person? Well, he, he lost his sight when he was in his mid-40s. Okay. So he was doing leather work through the Institute for the Blind, right? So I helped Neat. him along there with lacing and uh, that sort of thing. Okay. Interesting. How how far along was he into the leather stuff before he lost his vision? No, no. He, he, uh, he got involved with the leather work after he lost his vision. Fabulous. Through, so through the CNIB, they, you know, he would lace up moccasins and wallets okay. and curtains and all that sort of thing, right? Okay. And then we'd go down to the local farmer's market every Saturday and, and uh, set up a table and peddle it. That's pretty cool. You'd help him out with that stuff. Yeah, well, we all did. Uh, we were at home at the time. Right? We all yeah. assisted with him. And, uh, yeah, it was all good. It kept him... Kept him, kept him active from somebody who 
uh, was very active as a plumber and a tinsmith. He was a very busy man. And uh, right when he lost his sight, that was uh, that was devastating, Frank. Yeah, yeah, a tough time for your family, I would imagine. How yeah. old were you? How old were you at the time? Uh, I think I was thirteen. Okay, but formidable. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And your dad is he still with us? No, he's not. He's been gone for many years. Were you close with your dad? Yeah, I I could say I was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you teach? Do you teach you a lot about art? Uh, I have in the past. I uh, I did a deal down at the uh, the art school in Peterborough here, and. Uh, we run a class through there. It, it it just was a little much for me because I'd have to go in there on a Sunday morning and cover everything with a with a tarp and move all the tables away and then move them back in. And <clears throat> I didn't really like that part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Didn't mind helping the people and then instructing them. That was that was a pleasure, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, art's cool. I'd rather have, I'd rather bring people right to a job site. They'll just pick a wall and uh, when they're done, they'll just scrape it off, right? Just scrape it right off. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or just screw a piece of drywall to the wall, do your art, oh, yeah. and then yeah. unscrew the piece and take it with you when you head out. Put a hands on with it, you know, it's very simple just to, you know, yeah. unscrap the wall or, or anything, right? Sure, sure, sure. Art doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, you can use the no, material. But... Materials that are sitting right in front of you. Yeah, it's it's just keep it simple, eh? You know? <laughs> right, right. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Bernie. I know you're busy. You're working. Is there uh, so for our for our listening audience? There, Bernie is on the job site. It looks like there's a. You're getting into the seams. You're taping some seams. And I just finished the front end area here uh, this morning. So I've got this back area. I'm going to click up here now. So. Yep. I assume you do. Do you do seams before butts or you do butts uh, first, then seams and angles? Oh, no. I do all my flats and butts. I, I do. I run my butts and then run my flats and then run all my angles. Like, yeah. All right. Pretty standard. Pretty standard. Yeah. Um, and do you have people that are working with you there? I hear some voices in the background. Well, no? there's some fellows downstairs hanging some board. The the hangers? Uh, I'm not old school. These... Well... Oh... I still run a bazooka and everything. Nice. What it? What I kind of bazooka are you running? Colombian. Columbia. This one, this this bazooka is like it was brand new in two thousand and three. Oh, funny, funny. So you've been running <laughs> that one a long time. I have, and the one previous to that, I got eighteen years out of it. Okay. Or 13, nice. No, not eighteen, thirteen years out of it. Maybe. So, so that yeah. one's a good 33 years old, your old, yeah. old one. Yeah, I don't use it anymore, but this one here, like I said, I've been running it since 2003, but I don't share. It's just me, you know, so. Right, you I take care it. of it. You take care of your shit. It lasts longer. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's get into it. Uh, so how long have you been in the trade? Since 1976. 76, the year I was born. I um yeah, <laughs> I just finished I just finished my final exams and uh for grade twelve and I uh I hitchhiked out to, to the western Canada and uh yeah got on a job site and hooked up with the drywallers and that was that eh? How did you find the drywallers? Um, were you put in that department? <laughs> I insulated a bunch of homes locally here where I grew up. Okay. So I had a good bit of money. And then I, uh, when I got out there, I, I had a really good time in Jasper, which is a mountain town out there. Okay? Yeah. The Rockets, just west of Edmonton. And then when it was time to get to work, I, uh, I hooked up as a laborer on a job site and there was like 
118 condos to do roads. Yeah. They were in eight plexus. So, um, so I did that for about six weeks. I worked for them before getting on with the drywall owners because I, I needed a place to stay. And, uh, they were, they <laughs> yeah. were supplying, they were supplying, uh, they had a, an apartment Well, they had two apartments for, for the guys on the job. Hey, so nice. that worked out real well for me because winter was coming on and I, I needed a, something other right. than a tent. Building, so. Right. Right. Nice. Nice. So, Oh man, we have, if people don't know, uh, Bernie Mitchell is a, you gained a lot of popularity. You are the third of three sculpture artists that we've had on the show. Uh, Keith Patterson and also Jason Griffin is another drywall yeah. artist out of, uh, out of Colorado and his show has aired. And um, Bernie, you're number three. So that's pretty cool. There's three yeah. of you guys. Uh, a question I always ask is, have you listened to any of the Drywall Podcast episodes? Well, I have listened to all of them except for, I think, the last one. Maybe okay. the last one. Yeah. A couple, a couple yeah. last. Good. good, good. So you've listened to a bunch. You're, you're enjoying them. Oh, I am, yeah. It's a great thing you're doing here. I think it's... Uh, it's it's plus you know thank you thank you for everybody yeah yeah and when when would you say that you listen to the podcast do you do it on the job or do you do it like in the car on the way to the job and also what what uh what platform do you listen on all three all three um, i think it's spotify is where okay yeah okay Cool, cool. Um, so, so for our listening audience, Bernie gained, you gained, man, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm so excited to get into like sort of the art stuff. When was yeah. the first, so you're a drywall finisher, you learned how to drywall finish, you're obviously attracted to the medium of joint compound. And when would you say the first sort of inkling of this sculpture idea started to take form? Did you see something? Did you start just, did you scoop out some mud and like maybe some mud was smeared on the wall and you started rubbing your hands in it and all of a sudden a form <laughs> appeared? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, how it turned out, I was, I started at a home that we had completely renovated and uh, on a little narrow wall, I was doing some inside picture frames with scallop corners of mud. So I, I mean, I just smeared it on there, cut away my my parameters, and and give it the the scallop corners inside scallop way. And then okay. I was using um, I tried using material in that like wheat barley kind of stuff you just press it in so i got yeah. a, a mud impression in into the material yeah and uh with that it, it took off because i mean i'm i was familiar with relief cards right so, yeah you were like here's a fabulous new i mean did that occur to you like this is cool this is kind of a new medium that well, maybe that, nobody's doing art that, with yeah well just that raised image that i did uh, yeah, the corners, right? That raised panel look on a, on a wall that was adjacent to uh, a main door coming in with windows in it. The, the relief was powerful, and I only put on, you know, like a small amount of material on there. Yeah. Right? It's thick, but you could see the effect of it, right? Right. So it it just grew from from there, right? Yeah. So what, what, maybe what was your second or third art piece after that? I mean, you were aware that there's this cool medium. Did you immediately start to do the artwork onto existing surfaces or would you do it on like pieces of sheetrock or something? Did you start playing pieces around at your house? Pieces yeah, of drywall. Pieces of drywall. Yeah. Okay. And uh, see, I had books um, for the relief carvings and leather that were full pictorial. They were books with all kinds of images in it. Okay. And, and so I drew from that. So uh, I did big horn sheep. But when I started doing these, I was only putting on, you know, a half a, a half an inch of mud. 
you know, like small amounts. Why why and were you then, going so thin? Why were you going so thin to start? Well, I'm a drywall guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been a drywaller for a long time. Yeah, you're breaking that. the yeah. you're breaking the rules, Bernie. You're breaking the so rules I, already. I, I know what mud does, right? Yeah. And uh, but if if you're using uh if it isn't really a fresh batch of mud, uh it'll come out just like clay out of that box, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some of yeah. it's just like rock hard, right? Yeah. If it still dries the same, it'll still shrink crack. You know, yeah. it'll shrink back and get that crevice in there. But when you were doing, uh, when I started really putting some bulk to these things and and I was using the water, a little water mist and a spoon. I, I do all my modeling with a spoon, really. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so any muscular area where you get the you know those creases to 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 show the image of bustle yeah that's the weakest area the thinnest area and that's the area that would crack and shrink but okay you can go back and continue to fill those kind of voids and, right uh, until you've got a solid material and, and sure. really uh, i mean you can't remove that you know like that's uh that's some solid stuff on there right? so were you using quick set or ready mix when you first started <laughs> Just, just a ready mix, right? Okay. Like we didn't have any quick set up there. I, I never seen, I never seen any setting compounds other than Durabond until I moved to Ontario here in 1998. So then I started using the setting compounds in with the mud. And okay. That changed things again because then you don't get any any of the shrink crack at all uh, right it wants to set up as a solid yep. it takes some time for it to dry but you know that you've got a complete product there you know right right um that's awesome so this was about what year would you say this was when you first started to the quick setting you're saying like 98 but w when would you say you first started doing sculpture I think it was like 92. 92? 1992 when I really started to play with it. I did my first one was in the Union. It was like 2000 and I would say one or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was different. They brought out uh, they brought out color. I was I was in a Union class for an apprenticeship class, and they brought yes. out they brought out color and they brought out plaster. And I instantly like made a mural. We were supposed to be doing like these textural effects, but I yes. made this, I made like a monkey head. <laughs> like I sculpted a monkey head and I still have it to this day. And, uh, um, it slid and I just loved it. I was, I, it was instantaneous. I was, yeah. I was blown away. But then yeah. after that, so my first, my first piece was plaster after that, I just switched to mud immediately because I didn't like yeah. the plaster. Yeah, I've never, I've never had any experience with uh, plaster at all. I, I couldn't tell okay. you the characteristics yeah. of it at all. But, but uh, I know my muds pretty well, though. Yeah, yeah. What I like and what works for me—that's for sure. I don't think there's too much difference. I mean, really, I think there's some chemical differences there. Um, but there's there's some properties that are different, but I think the the working with it, I'm not a huge plaster guy either. Um, you know, but I mean your your powder quick set is essentially plaster in my opinion. I mean, it's very similar. I was uh, I built a I built a rig when I was up there because um, I worked in a sawmill. I still drywalled about four or five houses every year. And I really enjoyed it because I had all the tools anyway. And I, I really got to experience a lot of new things. I, I got to experiment in people's homes because I knew these people. And uh, so what I was gonna get at was I, I built a rig that I found at the at the mill in the electrical shop. So it's it's a light attachment with a threaded piece through the bottom. And I don't know what they would have used this for in the mill, 
But right away when I seen it, I knew what I could do with it because I could use it as a compass. So this thing then screws right to right to your light box. I welded on a little piece of pipe, put a hole through it, welded a nut on this little piece of pipe. Yep. <laughs> so it's telescopic, so you can use like a half-inch conduit, and I can yep. run it out any length I want to do circles on your ceiling. So, so I maybe it was like a, a like medallion, right? Yes. Like a decorative medallion. Exactly. And uh, I was doing that with, with straight mud, right? And letting it, you know, doing a heavy application of it, letting it dry. And I was able to, because I was cutting my pieces out of uh, three by six inch tin, light, light gauge metal. And I'd cut my profiles in that. I'd whip it in. I'd let that dry. And then I'd sand it off a bit. And then I'd throw another coat of mud on it using a paintbrush and then whip it in. And it was a process for me, but uh, I would have liked to have done it with a plaster, I think, because it would have been a much better. Uh, right. It would have been done at one shot, probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The process for me using regular drywall mud, right? So would you say that was your introduction to doing artistic concepts in people's homes was uh, was these medallions? Yeah, and I was using <laughs> Um, a, a buddy of mine in uh, that lived in British Columbia turned me on to the Bullnose Beat, which I'd never seen before. And uh, I was going to do a, a basement for the fellow that owned the lumber yard up there, and I was telling him about this stuff, so he ordered it in. And that was like 1985. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I ended up, I was using this stuff when I got used to using that bullnose bead, I was even using running uh, like a ribbon perimeter bolt. I was using the bullnose bead. So you turn, you crease the paper back on both sides. Yep. And you, you know, snap some lines, run it up there so that you have that little bit of a ribbon bolt around it. And then yeah. the aliens around the lights and feelings. It was very attractive looking stuff, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was a segue into, um, you know, taking sort yeah. these relief sculptures onto the wall. Yes. Very cool. Do you remember your first relief sculpture uh, paid, where somebody paid you? And how did you get that? How did you get that job? Well, I <clears throat> I was doing these things in, in the homes that I was drywalling up there. And okay. it's a small place. There was only, there was like 3,500 people lived there. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but I, I became well-known pretty quickly. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I kept a little book of it too. I, I, I think I did 65 sculptures there. Um, some of them I, you know, I wouldn't be happy with today, but you know, you have to start somewhere. Right. And uh, yeah. So I did them in commercial areas also. I did uh, I did a big one at an airport in high level there where the baggage comes in. It was about 17 feet long. Nice. By nine feet. So I did uh, I did caribou, black bear, uh, Canada geese, and a pelican. Yeah. Uh, this is extremely north. This is like parallel to Juneau, Alaska, but just okay. east of us by about 100 miles. Um, pelicans, brown pelicans actually come up there, and there's a, a lake where, where they nested on an island. Cool. And, uh, lots of the local people didn't even realize that there was pelicans there. but you know. <laughs> So they know now. They know now, you Bernie. Think of it as a tropical bird, right? But the, here they are that far north, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's Pretty very amazing. cool. Yeah. So so you're uh you're still you're still doing drywall and um you're doing these sculptures and you're offsetting your income a little bit. People are, you're getting known, but it wasn't until what happened that really cracked it open? Was it 
Drywall Nation. How did that work? Where uh, you just like I know that there was a there was a piece that like really catapulted you um, into like social like like you went viral. Oh, yeah. Let's went, let's let let's talk about that process a little bit. We, yeah, had you uh, been to Trimtex by then already? Uh no, no. This this preceded that with the. It was through Drywall Talk, and I'd already been on Drywall Talk. That was my first social media thing that I got involved with. Was was drywall talk? I guess you told me and, I met you through LinkedIn, and you told yes, me you about did. drywall. Talk and I went on drywall talk. I think Absolutely. that was the first time I was marketing Fresco Harmony. I yeah. was lis- I was listening to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk, and he was like, "Post as much as you can. Post on all of the social media platforms." And I remember yeah. I went on like LinkedIn, and I followed Walls and Ceilings magazine, and I posted yeah. an article, and it was about colored mud and this new, you know. And I and um, you saw it, and you were like. You were like, yep. uh, you got to check out Drywall Talk. And I went on Drywall Talk and Brian was there and Ice Rock. <laughs> all, the, all, all, all you guys were there. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was kind of a shit talk fest. fest. <laughs> well, you know, I was on that for about a year before I, I, I didn't even know how to upload an image. I, I couldn't <laughs> okay. upload it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And when I did, I put out... When I learned how to upload them, I uploaded, the, you know, maybe a half a dozen sculptures on the drywall talk. Okay. And everybody, uh, it seemed they they wanted uh, they wanted to know more. That's for sure. And, yeah, yeah. And and by that time, Brian had joined drywall talk also, and uh, and he was doing. I think he'd already been doing a few. Uh, videos of uh, tools. He was really progressive and on the front end of that whole uh, tool, um, uh, yes. you know, game. With, and Drywall Nation, Drywall Nation grew really quickly. Yeah, that was after too. Eh? Drywall yeah. Nation. Yeah, uh, that was a few years even after that. Right? Yeah. But anyway, some guys said, uh, "Why don't you guys get together?" <laughs> and Brian lives like five and a half hours north of me. He lives up in, in the Sudbury area. But anyway, I, I thought, uh, you know, what the hey, we we could do this. I'd never met him before, but I decided, well, I, I'm going to travel uh, out and see my daughter. She lives uh, out that direction. So okay, but I'll I'll hook up with Brian. Maybe we'll we'll do a sculpture here and and throw it out there. Yeah. So I went up to Sudbury, spent three days. We did uh, we did a sculpture. I had a trout jumping out of the water, and I did a little waterfalls and some hills and trees and whatever. Yep. And uh, Brian pitched it out, uh, and it began. If it didn't get picked up by uh, the San Francisco Globe newspaper, <laughs> they put it out. They put it out in their art section. And and like just within within a couple of weeks, it, it was like two million views, right? Yeah. It, it, went, it went crazy with that, right? And I, I don't even know how that one ended up, but it, it was somewhere seven or eight million views on it. What was that paper again? Years ago. I I can't even find it anymore. So I I, I don't know what happened there. You'd have to ask Brian about that. I'm sure what was it, what was the paper? <clears throat> Uh, the San Francisco Globe, and they have an art section in the in the Globe, and that's where it went out ballistic. And one of the images that was part of what they found on my website or whatever, because somehow it got shared into this some, somewhere along the line, and some lady in San Francisco actually uh, knew the people. In fact, just five minutes away from where I'm at here, where I did a sculpture in their home. I drywalled their home, but I did a sculpture, and the lady recognized it, and she lives in San Francisco because she knew these people. Yeah. Kind of nuts, eh? Yeah, small world, small world. So so what happened after that? I mean, did did you start immediately getting – I know – 
you were on a lot of different platforms after that uh and probably doing a lot of interviewing um did you get i mean what was i guess what was the biggest interview that you've ever done and then did you start i mean because it's like to me bernie you should just be doing like sculpture art for a living and getting paid the big bucks in like dubai or something am i wrong <laughs> don't kid yourself i've priced stuff over there <laughs> I, I haven't capitalized on it i, I priced work there and the same in abu dhabi uh, okay. Qatar, uh jordan okay maui geez the price priced up all over the place really yeah <laughs> just never capitalized on it and to tell you the truth, it, it, it wasn't so much that video, but it was the second video that went really nuts. And that was uh, the, the one with the wolf. And we did that two years later, right? Okay. Uh, you, and, you, and, you and Brian? You and Brian did yeah, another Brian, another video? Yeah, Brian came down to, to my home and stayed with us for about four days. And, uh, and we did it in the neighbor's garage. And we did this the the wolf sculpture and that particular sculpture i think it it went it might have been a million or so on on youtube but what happened is uh it's like the wild wild west right and people started ripping it off of there and putting their own music to it threw it out there yeah and, uh, different servers and one of those servers was uh it was at the time it was called insider art now it's called culture uh, cultural art or something i don't know cultural okay but it was like it, it was already 25 million views within like three days and they didn't even have our names mentioned on things right they right. didn't know who it was they didn't know who brian was for making it or or anything like that eh? wtf that, that <laughs> server while well, it ended up it, it went like right now it's like 123 million views on that right so yeah i got i was getting pings from all over all over the world uh yeah about this right and uh yeah it, 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 it was too much it was too much for me really to, yeah sure okay it was over. It was, it was over the top for me. How so? What do you mean? What do you mean it was over the top? Oh, I was intimidated by it, right? I, I'm still yeah. just a terrible guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. And, uh, it probably it probably felt good though to get recognized and to get that to get that uh, appreciation. Uh, no, no question about that. But but it was intimidating that these jobs that these opportunities that were coming in that. Uh, I felt were just way beyond me, right? I, like I said, I'm, why weren't I'm you like? Why weren't you like a hundred thousand dollars? Sure, I'll come down to. I'll come down to wherever. <laughs> I charge you. I charge you. Uh, I charge you two hundred k. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't throw out anything like that. Like, I'll just. I'll. I'll just throw out a number in the stratosphere and see if they go for it. We we did have one in Abu Dhabi that was up around forty five thousand, I guess. Okay. Uh, and All I right. really, I really wanted to do that job. And uh, yeah, and the, the design company that was representing the client, um, they were all happy with it, and they thought the client was too. They thought they were going to go forward with this, but they didn't. Yeah, and, uh, you know these sculptures aren't for everywhere, but but this particular yeah. opportunity, it was like the perfect location. It was a big wall that was fifteen by twenty-five kind of thing. Right. Right. And the only way that you would see this image is it's it was always gonna be straight on for this large right. room. So okay. it, it, it would have been impressive, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed about that one. So that one fell through. Yeah. Have you done other jobs though where you've traveled, you bid, you know, maybe and they've accepted the price and you've done some neat traveling places yeah, to do projects okay so more more local more locally yeah yeah for the most part most of my work is local um, okay i have traveled you know four hours five hours away kind of thing but sure you know i 
take a bed and breakfast there or whatever and and, and do the do the work. But you're still doing drywall though. Like like shouldn't you just be doing these art sculptures for a living? What the hell, Bernie? <laughs> I like what I do. I know, I know. <laughs> That's kind of a rhetorical. That's a rhetorical question. Bernie likes to finish drywall. That's why you're on the drywall podcast, buddy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I found out a long time ago that uh, the sculptors are. That's not something I can do every day. Well, why can't all in in the image and where it's located? what I'm and what I'm doing. I just have to be all of them to be excited about it and and just attack it and, and do it. Uh, for me just to go from doing one and go to the next one and go to the next one, that's not possible with me. It's it's kind of a stressful thing when you're doing them in, in, in a people in a person's home. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of uh it's not super hard work, but it's really exhausting, mentally exhausting. You know? Yeah. Because you really have to study what you're doing. And, yeah. And uh, you've got to show progress through all of this, too. And and uh, so so it's really something that uh, is uh, pretty draining, right, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other, there's lots of artists out there, and I know they, they run with this idea of using the products on music. And I knew they would once this was out there, you know, but that was the whole intent was to share this stuff, right? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good answer, Bernie. Um, there's a lot of energy. You still like to do drywall and maybe it's the simplicity, the, um, the straight lines, the, uh, yeah. I, I look at it almost as like a meditation. Um, I, like, you know, I like my music and I also like to be creative with it still. I, any opportunity I get to um, build a wall unit or fireplace or any uh, any decorative area that, you know, sure. that I can incorporate into home, I will. You've done some fantastic and I've seen trim techs like drywall art, as they say, you know, where you're using uh, reveal beads step bowls and things like this yes. which i think are cool i love that stuff it's a lot of fun it's very challenging yeah. um i've done a, i've done quite a bit of that i did two houses with with the step bowl and some reveal bead and it, it was so yeah. it, it was a lot of fun and very challenging um yeah. almost as great you know they're that, so that cool my favorite thing to, to, to apply in a home or a fireplace or anywhere you know they yeah. just you can do a lot with it. Now, how would how do you go about uh, selling? Like, if you're on a job, um, is that something where the client sort of approaches you and they're like, "Hey, man, we want to gussy up this fireplace. Do you have any ideas?" Or is it something that you sell? Like, "Hey, I've got some cool shit that I could do here if you guys are open to it." When I was in business for myself, now I'm not. I I I, uh, I I work for a fellow once in a while, that sort of thing. I've laid back off of it because I I couldn't commit to the big jobs anymore and the the amount of work that I was doing. I had a reputation for for doing that sort of stuff. All my work was referral work, and it was constant. And so I had those opportunities. People are always open to new ideas, and and I. I didn't uh, get extravagant with them. I kept the ideas simple. It's just something that we get incorporated into the home to make it theirs, you know, just like yeah. the sculptors. Yeah. And and I didn't uh, encourage the sculptors either, unless unless it was a, a you know a specific location that that wow it would do big things in this home. Sure. There, you know, and uh, and then I then I would approach them about that. You know? Sure. So, so maybe suggestive at first, like, Hey man, that wall is extraordinary. And that stairwell, have you considered doing sculpture there? I'm not sure if you know, I'm Bernie. Yeah. I'm, su I'm super famous for sculpture art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should definitely have one of my pieces on that wall and uh, don't, I'm going to make yeah. you an offer. You can't refuse. And then yeah. also, I mean, with the, uh, with the drywall art, um, yeah, like similar kind of thing. Like, oh man, this TV wall could be really cool if you put a reveal bead around the, you know, around the entertainment center or something. Uh, there's so many things you can do. 
yeah. just, just to, you know, expose an area to something interesting other than yeah. just straight black balls, right? And I, I, I really believe, I, I, I really believe people are looking for that sort of thing. These sculptures, they're, they're not for every home. Uh, most of my work is, is shoreline properties, right? And, uh, and always was. And, you know, we get to see ospreys and blue herons and loons and Canada geese and everything else on a daily basis. And those images on those properties in the right place, it just fits, right? Yeah. It, it really does. And uh, yeah. so it makes it, it makes it easy for me to encourage and to not encourage, but just even suggest that, hey, it would be interesting if we just put one on there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're still selling some of them today? I'm still doing them, yeah. Yeah, how many? Been, uh, I, I've got other interests, right? <laughs> so my, like my, what? Like what? What's burning up to now? Uh, I like woodworking, too. Okay. So, what are you doing with wood? Well, some years back, I built a cedar strip canoe. And, uh, nice. Okay, now you're talking. And, and we use it a lot. Uh, that's an under that's an undertaking huh yeah that's a major amount of work yeah yeah how long did uh how long did it take you to make a canoe i don't know how much i put into that long time it's not something that i would sell i wouldn't build to sell no no thing like that not this uh you know my my seats my, my yoke and all of that that's all you know black wood i use like dark walnut and butternut and laminated these pieces together. It's a, quite a, it was a lot of work, right? Oh, I'm but sure it's, it's beautiful. It's mine. You know, yeah, that probably that's some, something that you hand down that stays in the family. You're, you're exactly right, eh? Hey? And uh, <laughs> my, my son's got dips on that. Yeah, I'll bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> and our daughter, you know, like our, our kids, uh, our son's 40, and I guess our daughter's 39. And okay. She also lives on the water, not far from where I am right now. And okay. She loves to paddleboard, so I ah. I took on the task last winter and I built her a paddleboard. Right? Okay. Uh, yep. The same way out of red cedar and mahogany and maple, like butternut. I got a lot of different wood in it. Right. It was quite a project. Yeah. I would love to get a photo of the canoe and the uh, and the paddleboard for uh for promo uh for the show i think th and i would just like to see what they look like man do you have some nice right on my uh i think you'd find them on my instagram on your instagram and what's your in or, what's or your on mine or on my own page which is very um, mitchell on facebook i might also have them on the artistic one which is uh Artistic Drywall by Bernie Mitchell. That's another Facebook one I got, too. It's got a lot of okay. just We did Be a lot Mitch. of backcountry uh, travels. You know, you might do a half a dozen lakes on the on the loop, right? And book your sites back in there. <laughs> we had to stop a couple of years ago. My knees started giving me a, a lot of problems. <clears throat> so doing a lot of these portages, we had to keep it short. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you like to, uh, you like to travel around, take the canoe with you. Yeah. I'll, do. I'll show you where I am here. Yeah. Let's have a look. <clears throat> well, we're located on the Trent Severn system here. So if you've ever heard of the loopers from the States, they would do the loops. Uh, they do, um, your interior waterways. They also come up through here, right through here the Transeveran system, you would go through, you know, maybe 25, 30 locks, but you could go from Lake wow. Ontario right around to Virgin Bay, and then they'll go back over and go in through Chicago or, you know, wherever. I haven't heard of that. that. No, that's no? sound. That sounds absolutely awesome. You know, my uh, parents, my stepdad and my mom were sailors. They did the inside passage up to uh, Juneau, some of them are residential homes here, but lots of them are, are still uh, cottage homes. And the people spend the winters down in the States, right? Down in Florida, down here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's warmer. 
Although it's pretty cold, it's pretty cold here these days. I've had fires every every night for probably the past two weeks. Oh wow! Uh, it's snowed here a couple times already. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that you got snow down there. Five thousand. We're at five over five thousand feet elevation. Oh, that's your elevation. Oh, mm-hmm. you are. I had yep. no idea. Santa Fe is seven thousand feet. Wow. I, I yeah. Really the neck that uh, yeah people are at misconception it is a desert but it is considered the high desert so uh, it's a different uh there's different elevations of the desert which is very interesting but uh okay yeah yeah it's cool i like the high desert because it's warm but you still get the seasons and it's a different it's a different cold very dry it's not humid at all well that's kind of nice Uh, in yeah. this particular area, it's a damp cold, and yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's up for the humidity and everything. But when we lived in in Western Canada, it was a dry cold, and and like like I said, we were on the same parallel as uh, as Juneau, Alaska. Yeah, right? yeah. When we got cold, we we had we had forty below stuff for a couple of weeks at a time sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, we've been dressed for it. You know, everything's pretty crisp. You got some tires that got a flat mark on them when you drive down the road until they loosen up, right? Dumping. Crazy. And I grew up in uh, Washington State, so I'm familiar with on on the western. Oh, I guess. You know, by Portland, so I'm familiar with the wet, the wet, cold, and that's what drove me down to the southwest. It just goes right through yeah. you. Yeah, I was, I was 23. I was 23, and I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go where it's warm. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. I moved to Arizona. I was in Arizona for a couple years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted uh, to ask you a question. Uh, you were saying that you when you started with colored mud back with those plaster guys or whatever mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Was it stains you were using or was it paint? No, they were pigments that we were using. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we started out with pigments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like regular standard standard pigments. Um, I was... Although they were all... So, so originally, the deal was there was like an apprentice contest where you would go and you they would figure out who was the best finisher. They actually had a contest in the union, okay. a, na- a national contest that, really? to see. And one of the walls would be an artistic wall. Well, when I made the monkey, like everybody <laughs> everybody was blown away by the monkey. And they're like, oh, well, Nick's just, Nick's going to win because <laughs> he's like made this like crazy ass art piece. And like, and I made it in an hour and a half, like, you know, the length of the class. Yeah. Well, after that, this is kind of a funny story. After that, every time I went to the apprenticeship class, I just headed straight for the pigment locker. <laughs> I just started making art. Like I was like, this is great. Oh, I can spend every apprenticeship class just working on colored mud art. That yeah. Then that's what spoke to me was like, oh, 3D relief colored mud art on yeah. a piece of drywall. I was calling it drywall art right out of the gate oh i'm making drywall art you know but it was like how do i frame these because the very first piece i made i installed into a wall i removed the existing sheetrock and i patched it into the wall just being a drywaller that was my natural thought it was a sunset piece and it was kind of abstract you know my method was very abstract but here's the irony I think that the reason that the union was doing that was to explore new avenues of texture and finishing, which I ultimately came up with. We, yeah. I remember in the union, they busted out Elmer's glue and they told us, they showed us how to do, you can roll on, I don't know if you know this, you can roll on Elmer's glue and then you can do mud over the top of it and it slides and cracks. Like really? you can try this. Oh Yeah. And I didn't come up with it. They taught they taught me that in the union. I mean, this is what I'm doing with Elmer's glue now. Just well, to give you an interesting I- idea because you get these crevices in and the surfaces, right? Like, so yeah. I mean, we're doing art pieces now with like, and then I ended up doing these crazy. I just started using the Elmer's glue as a medium for art. 
like and doing like crazy ass like because elmer's glue is cool you can do all kinds of cool shit with elmer's glue yeah but like the irony so i'll finish the story the irony was that the instructor of the paint class locked he didn't he was got mad at me because i was making (laughs) fucking art every time i go to the class so he like locked him up and I was like, well, and I just went and I bought my own colors and I started doing colored mud art like on my own. I was and it wasn't about anybody doing it for anybody. I just thought it was the coolest thing since sliced bread. And I just started yeah. make. I just started making art pieces because I was naturally artistic and I just thought it was cool. Yeah. But and then and then of the, from that came a new textural method using colored joint compound that the union has nothing to do with that. I mean, yeah. you would have thought back then that they would have nurtured that type of energy. With your colored muds, I I did a lot of ceilings where I was doing knockdowns. In, in Alberta, everything is was finished with just popcorn or you started doing a knockdown and that's all I wanted to do. I did not want to put on any more popcorn than anybody. So. But no. you know, I'd run my perimeter, I'd scallop the corners, I'd have my okay. rings, and but I was allowing them to sometimes take the wall color up up the ceiling then around those perimeters with the scale. Yeah, corners, yeah, yeah. Where I would have those rings. Yeah. And I was painting the ceiling a color and then introducing that same color into the mud. So I had a two-tone effect, uh, yep. Right? Yep. which I'd done a whole lot of. Sure. Um, but I really found with regular paint pigment, it takes a lot of paint. Uh, it takes a lot of paint to tint up mud, depending on the colors that you're using. It, it yeah, really does. Paint, paint be- is already a thing. Paint's yeah. not, paint is already diluted, if you will. Yeah. So it, so it, yeah, it takes a lot of it. And then you're, you're also altering the chemical makeup of your mud when you add all that paint. Yeah. So, I mean, people think that I'm using paint, but I'm really not using. I'm not using paint. I mean, I don't want to get into what I'm actually using, but like, but I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's, it's also not stain. It's also like, it's, um, stain has transparency. You can equate stain to translucency. So we were using, we were using a water-based acrylic to seal the surface. Now yes. on on your images, like if you wanted to bring out a patina in your on your relief textural yeah. work, you could have used like a sponge and 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 pigmented some some water based your uh, yes. varnish, and then you could like yeah. you could bring out a patina that way, which would look really cool. Yeah, yeah, like you're you're talking about just a wash, and and uh, that's yeah. like a that's like a. a a thinner or a product that you would use if you were simple thinning down your acrylic paints, right? Yeah. For a painting. Uh, yeah, the acrylic. Not painting. even, not even like a wood stain, Bernie. Like just use yeah. like a water based, a water based wood stain, something that doesn't discolor. Now, where I learned about that was because after I finished making the monkey, the the painters took it because I was yeah. like, "How are you going to seal this?" So what they did was, and the painting instructor told me, because I asked, I was like, what did you use to seal this? Because I went in the next day and the painting class, apprentice class had taken my monkey and they and the painting instructor demo, demonstrated how you would seal this and that he used a water-based varnish. And yeah. he did he did it clear and they sprayed it because it was on it was all those contours so they sprayed it out and then i was like oh okay so to seal my artwork i started using water based varnishes but only yeah. to see only only to seal i like what you were doing I, like I, like i told you the last time we spoke eh? i couldn't uh, i couldn't access the acrylic anymore that i used to get from from bear or you know from home depot well, we've got, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully this thing works out with CSR. I mean, I've been trying to get into Canada since you bought well, a color pack so long ago. I think this is a great move for you to, to venture up here and, and, yeah. and meet the laws up there. They're really good people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just think, uh, it's really going to help your, your business. Out. Oh yeah. I mean, 
especially with you doing some some on-site work with it and uh yeah you know, introducing them to what you're doing because <clears throat> you know i just i just think it's really good thank you i i think so too yeah i'm looking forward to uh meeting up with you here at the end of the week uh yeah are you you're coming down you're gonna come down and say hi yeah we are yeah i'm not gonna lie to you bernie i'm very nervous (laughs) you shouldn't be (laughs) there there, there could be all drywall guys there and and yeah a lot of them are gonna know who you are and want to talk to you because you would have talked to them somewhere on social media you know one way or yeah. Long. yeah um christy slade i think is gonna be there i'm dying to meet her and uh also sean brawley's dad drywall he's kind of a character he's gonna be there and of course brian oh, yeah. and phil and uh, yeah. also brad hannah and those guys and also yeah. aaron and aaron and elliot from uh yeah from from uh columbia and i mean they're the ones that kind of broke it loose i it, i started yeah. talking with those guys and and yeah. uh you know just cool guys it's yeah just... it's a good move for you that's for sure I, I most of the people you've spoke up there i i've either met them or i've we've talked on social media they're they're people like there's a couple of them there i i'd like to be and uh, yeah so yeah and, uh, well what so i'm planning on yeah, what I'm planning on is uh, I'll just do a regular straight finish and then I'll do um, a sanded finish. Yeah, because this sanded stuff that I'm doing now is it's not it's 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 smooth as a board. I mean, it's just it's re- it's a really simple, super simple. It looks like kind of like a you know American clay. It's very it's very earthen. Yeah. It, you yeah. can do a gray and it kind of looks like concrete, but it's very simple. I just want to do like a little bit of testing. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, I can tell you this because it was, uh, I was still living in Hinton uh, when I first got married, me and the wife bought a house and we gutted it. And uh, I did a bunch of walls in there with knockdown and it was called the uh, Santex. You okay. Santex? Huh. Well, and I was doing it in, in a knockdown form, and very simple to do a knockdown form with it. But it, yeah. But if you if you if you run your arms down across that, it's going to rip skin off. But it, see, it, this it, is this is very smooth. It's like because yeah. when you go to when you put the sealer on. Well, first of all, I'm using a very fine sand, but when you put the okay. sealer on, it smooths out that wall just like wet sanding. It's uh-huh. like compresses the mud and just and just lays it right down with the edge of your trowel this this product was more similar to uh exterior stucco in a sand right the very fine fine coat that i would apply with you know know, exterior acrylic stucco yeah but but it was easy to work with and and it did a it it did a perfect job you know it just uh it sure. laid down because it had some meat to it with all that yeah the group that was in that day so it made me think of what you were saying what you yeah were yeah saying, right? well make sure it, make yeah. sure and get to me i'll i'll hold back because i sent up uh i sent up a bunch of product to uh to brad up there with csr make sure and get to me because i have an extra cord of sealer that oh. I'll, I'll, ma- I'll make sure that you can yeah. have Oh, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, right. you can play it, play around. Our the the Fresco Harmony sealer is really good shit. It's really nice. Yeah. It doesn't flake. It can it can withstand a little bit of cold, and it's it's just really nice to work with. It's really cool yeah. stuff. So you were introducing uh, not flash, but you're you're introducing tones into that product, right? Like Correct. So, yeah, we have no, I'm not doing the copper yet. I was having trouble finding a metallic copper. So we I'll use modern masters metallics because they're very steadfast. You have to be okay. careful with, with products falling off, you know, because yeah. I want something has to be have longevity. So if I'm yeah. using a product that's gonna fall off, you know, basically I'm sort of repurposing a product. But if I'm using a metallic that like, you know, I was using a copper, a Martha Stewart, like copper from Target, because I like the tone of it. And yeah. then 
fucking it'll they'll discontinue it <laughs> like what? i was using i was using a valspar copper for a lot yeah. of years and then they discontinue it now i don't i can't get that copper anymore so yeah. um i use modern masters i use the pearl the white pearl i use uh gold rush i use warm silver and i use the newer copper is a gold but it looks like copper it looks like a copper penny and um okay. so we have four different colors and then i have a smoke so I'm putting black into the sealer. Very small amount of black yeah. makes it, it so like when you go over like a regular wall, it'll shade it, you know. Okay. Oh, that's and that's nice. the 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 colored sealers are really cool. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just saving you the trouble of like coloring it yourself, <laughs> and I'm and I'm measuring it so they're accurate yeah. from batch to batch. But yeah. you know, I mean, when you're introducing this stuff, it's like. You know, I had to figure out the colors and people are like, oh, well, I can just dump color into mud. And it's like, well, yeah, sure. Anybody can. <laughs> I, but I'm I'm formulating it so that it's it's dupe. You can duplicate color from batch to batch. Yeah. I'm saving you a little bit of trouble there. And also yeah. here's there's a system and there's a sealer, you know, but yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's you, really evolved what you're doing. Well, with yeah you know you're introducing <laughs> different things all the time with your products right that's gonna make yeah it and then we also have a we also have a liquid sealer too that you can spray so the yeah. sealers that we use as you know are like thick yes but now we have a thin sealer that's sprayable okay it, you just pull it over the surface and right it's for low sheen so like yeah. Like, you know, when you trowel on a sealer, you have sheen marks, but uh, yes. if you spray on sealer, then you don't have a sheen and it's okay. less dirt. It's less durable, but man, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else were we going to talk about, Bernie? <laughs> did, hey, know. did we, did we cover it all? You what do you want to know about drywall? You're looking around. You're looking around like, oh man, it's time to get back to work over <laughs> here, man. I got, I got, I got empty seams here that are calling my name. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Bernie, hey, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm very much looking forward to meeting you in person at CSR uh, Friday. I can't believe right it. How, yeah. How right cool is that? And yeah. um, this, this will drop for a little while a couple weeks or whatever but uh the, it's been a great interview i appreciate your time it was nice talking to you huh what is oh, your pearl what is your pearl of wisdom i guess it'd be that there's there's no pleasure in doing shit work or leaving shit work you know if you're going to come to the job do your best and and you know Go home happy at the end of the day. Pride. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I agree. It makes, me, it, it makes, you, it makes me tick, you know. Yeah. I, I may yeah. not be the best, but I sure try to be because that, that's why I want to do this. You know? I love that. I love that. I feel like you could just be a full time like artist if you wanted to and you could have traveled that path. I love, I love that you just, you like finishing drywall. And that's your passion. Like, you know, that's your real, that's sort of your real, uh, you know, it, it, that's what makes you tick, you know? Yeah, the art is too, but it, it's just when I'm ready to do it. And, you know, yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about what I'm going to do and where I'm going to do it. And it's going to get lit properly. Yeah. And because they got to be presented properly, you know, so. Yeah. I was I was thinking about how cool it would be to have all three of the drywall artists uh come and do a collaborative piece in uh, Albuquerque. How fun would that be? <laughs> be a hoot. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be fun? No, and maybe fun. We, could, we could share our techniques and our Yeah, ideas, I could I could know? pitch it to a uh, I could pitch it to like the New Mexico Museum of Art or something see if they'd let us have a wall or something cool. Sure. <laughs> uh bernie mitchell uh out of uh buckhorn ontario thank you so much for being on the drywall podcast today yeah. uh okay. do you do you have a youtube page i do 
You do. And what's that? I haven't used it in years. I don't even know if I could find it. But yeah. Okay. What's your website? That's BernieMitchell.ca. BernieMitchell.ca. And you can also find him on Instagram under the B Mitch handle. And also Facebook. There's a couple of pages on Facebook. I'm sure if you look up Bernie Mitchell, you can see a lot of your cool art. Yeah. If you brought me up on Google, you'll find all kinds of stuff on me. And it, I should be at the top of the list. I uh, like when you Google. Yeah. Yeah. If you're curious about these, uh, these articles, or I'm sure you could look up Bernie Mitchell, San Francisco globe, and that article <laughs> would come up. Uh, also, thank you so much. And, uh, shoot, man, we'll see you in a couple days at CSR. Looking forward to it. Nick. All right, Bernie, okay. you have a good, you have a good rest of your day. Yeah. Take care. All right. Bye. Special thanks to Bernie Mitchell for being on the Drywall Podcast today. I appreciate your time and uh, your insight. So cool to learn about your amazing path. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you want to learn more about Fresco Harmony the drywall podcast or anything you can reach me at info at frescoharmony.com you can listen to the drywall podcast every friday on your favorite platforms such as podbean apple Podcasts, spotify and also youtube tune into the drywall podcast next week we will have Brawley's Dad Construction or Ramsden, Sean Ramsden, with us on the 30th episode of the Drywall Podcast. Until then, keep drywalling.